When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Senior editor at Gold Derby here with Academy Award nominee Kristen Stewart, who stars as Diana Spencer in Pablo Lorraine's Spencer. First of all, Kristen, I'm so happy to be able to say congratulations on your Oscar nomination. Thank you so much. I think that's the first time I've heard that, uh, like t- title. Uh, now that's like a part of your name. That, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, like forever, you will always be referred to as Academy Award nominee and, you know, perhaps even winner one day soon who knows um so tell us about the morning of the announcement like where were you what was your immediate reaction to finding out you were a nominee um i i i really just didn't think that i was going to receive a nomination and uh i don't know i think i um i didn't set an alarm for it i kind of just was like at some point i will wake up and then we will you know we will know my, my phone like exploded at some point <laughs> and I looked at it and I just had like 50 messages and I was like, I, I was truly stunned by it. I've never, you know, I've been, I have been doing this for a long time. Like I, I just never kind of imagined myself here. It, it's blowing my mind actually. <laughs> um, so yeah, the morning was just incredibly surreal and maybe what you would expect. Like I, I talked to my team, we all FaceTimed, I was in bed I love them. We've worked together for a long time. My, this might be kind of boring, but my publicist is like one of my very best friends and we've worked together since I was 13, 14, something like that. And so, uh, seeing people's face, it's the coolest thing is when people look at you and go like, I'm so happy for you. It's like so unbelievably touching and moving. It's crazy. Cause I would, I would love this movie anyway. Like, and I've already gotten to push it so hard. So like, this is just unbelievable icing on the cake. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, this will get the movie out there even more. More people will want to go and see it now because they see that you're an Oscar nominee. But also, as you say, you've been working for a very long time and total strangers. Like, I've heard people say, oh, isn't it great that Kristen Stewart got nominated? I'm like, yes, it really is. Um, You know, because it's been a really intense Oscar season over the last few months and you've received so much praise and acclaim, but an Oscar nomination is not guaranteed, obviously. Um, So what has been the most unexpected part of this journey from Venice last year all the way up to now in the lead up to the Oscars? Um, I guess as somebody who's been watching the Oscars forever and also the sort of lead up being 
It looks really intense. Looks like people have to do a lot of work. And like, it seems like, you know, people campaign and rally for this stuff. Like it's, it seems like a really involved, intense process. And I never saw myself in it. I was always like, oh, I can, I'm not cut out for that. Like, I actually can't, even if I wanted to, like, I can't do that. It has been so fun. I like, I've gotten to, um, I've gotten to spend so much time with the filmmaker, uh, who I find to just be bottomlessly inspiring, um, in life, even not on set. And, um, Diana is fun to talk about. She's like a really good person to put it very plainly. And, uh, I guess what has surprised me is that it, you know, I, um, I get nervous a lot. That's not like news to anyone, whatever, but I've, uh, I've, I've really just been able to like have a great time. It's been really nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Have you um, thought about whether you're attending the Oscars? Are you going to be presenting perhaps? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I think I'll go, you know, I think, I think, I'll go. Yeah. I think I'm going to go to the Oscars this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Sitting in that seat. I have been once. Yeah. And yeah. I presented one year and um, sitting in those seats is, is it's mind boggling. You, I mean, like even just as even not as a presenter, if I was just there watching the show, what a what an insane room to be in. Like I am I'm just excited to share that space, even if it renders me completely speechless, <laughs> whether I'm on stage or off. I am looking forward to that energy. It's just it's a room full of people that I have just revered my whole life. So it's such a trip. Yeah, it's so cool. And, and it's great. You mean you're there as a nominee. Um, let's talk more about your performance, obviously, um, you know, Spencer is introduced on screen by visionary Pablo Lorraine as a fable from a true tragedy. And it immediately puts us on notice that this is not a biopic. It's a glimpse into this very private moment in her life when she decides to break away from the family, and get her name back. Mm-hmm. So when you were f- first signed on to the project, um, what were your initial thoughts on exploring this really transformative time in her life? I was so impressed with how boldly committed the perspective of the script was because it's such a rich and fascinating world. Yet we really, really step into her shoes in, in, in a way that's more intimate than I've seen. Um the way he, the way Pablo decided to shoot this movie, it feels like such a vicarious experience. And um, the script was so precise, but never particular. Like it, it didn't try to dictate anything. It never tried to answer any questions. It was, it was so well researched and so well dreamt of um, that when I kind of tore through all of my research, I found like even though this is a sort of imagined feeling. Um, kind of a nightmare, kind of a dream. It could only ever, we don't know her. We'll never know her. The The mystery of her is what makes you lean in. And ironically, she was somebody who was, you know, she was a normal girl. She was a wonderful person. She just like wanted so badly to touch people and she did, but people couldn't touch her. And so that the exchange isn't there. It's not reciprocal. It hurts. Um, so yeah, I, I I loved learning about her. I, I I really loved being affected by her. Her energy is stunning. Um, even if it was just something I had convinced myself of when I was on set, I felt uh, like I could bring people together. Like I was like, come on guys. Like we just felt so, I was like, that's spooky. That's, that's a really particular thing that is her. And 
Yeah. Basically, everyone else did the job of Pablo and, and Stephen had this idea to tell a story about a woman who needed to break free. And it's it's absolutely about Diana Spencer, but it's also about us. It's like if you can't speak, if you are muzzled, if you are not free to express yourself, you implode. And this person, this person's story is actually super normal. So it wasn't um, even though she's uniquely, you know, ha- having her very singular experience. It's so universal. The most the most normal thing about the, the most um, like moving thing about her is her motherhood. We all yeah. have one. We were all born. Do you know what I mean? It's she was just so easy to get close to. Yeah, I always say to people who are interested in seeing the film, this is not a biopic, it's not The Crown. This is this could be about anybody. It's a fairy tale. It just happens to be a very public persona, but we're in the, we're in her mindset and we're we're just glimpsing about what might have happened. You know, and, and and if you're saying that there was a lot of scope for you to kind of get into the mind of Diana, I, I just wonder how difficult that was. I, I know you've mentioned it took you four months to get her accent right. So what was the most challenging aspects of mastering her voice, her mannerisms, her cadence? Um, before you learn how to do something, uh, you, you have to really trust process because you can't do, you can't learn to play an instrument instrument immediately. You can't learn. So it's, uh, it's like to say yes to Pablo, like, I, I definitely want to try to do this. I don't know that I can do that. I, I've never done it. I can't hear it. I can't visualize it. I, um, I had a really uh, beautiful um, dialect coach named William Conacher, who was an extra set of eyes in many ways and, and uh, an acting coach, like really was so observant and, and, and um, kind of we examined her together so fully and then kind of ascribed things to the movie that would serve us. The things that we fell in love with most, you can't do it all. You kind of have to pull as many, however things affect you, that's kind of what you have to go on. So if there were certain things I couldn't do, I just didn't, but certain things that felt really true to me or certain things that she did that affected me, ways that she spoke, ways that she moved or undulated in a way. If I, if I was watching an interview and she did something and it like, and it got me, I'd I'd be like, we need to find a moment for that and try and get that feeling. Um, yeah. So it was kind of, and, and her voice is just so particular. She has such an incredible way of speaking and, and it's always different. And, and, and if I played her at a different time in her life, it would be different. Like I, uh, it was, it was bottomlessly fascinating. I, I would be, um, so into like doing another one. (laughs) Like I want to play her again. Yeah. I mean, not really, like no one's going to do that. Like it's bottomless. Yeah. Um, what, whenever I speak to actors, particularly actors who are playing real people, I mean, it just seems like an obvious question, you know, how do you not veer into caricature? And it's hard, right? Especially if you're playing someone so well-known, especially also with someone who we, the audience, have really entrenched expectations about who she was. Mm-hmm. But your performance feels really lived in and nuanced and it feels like it, it could have just been it's just your take on her. It doesn't necessarily have to be exactly what we expected from her. I'm wondering, were you terrified about that prospect about trying to hit a certain mark or were you eventually just comfortable with just going with your own interpretation of who she was? Um, yeah, I, I don't, like to hide behind characters. I really like to get so far in that what ends up happening feels personally revealing. Um, so 
I guess maybe I, when I first put on the clothes, put on the wig, kind of tried to, cause we didn't rehearse a lot. Um, because both Pablo and I have this kind of sacred approach to the moment that things happen and it's hard to touch before it's time. Um, but I couldn't do that here. I had to rehearse. Like I had to know my, I, I really learned the lines like word for word. They were so, they were so beautiful and they like spun such a web. Everything had echoes and I, I didn't want to mess any of it up. Um, cause I loved reading it and, um, making it my own was kind of the only way. And I guess, you know what, there's no way to not be yourself, even if you're playing somebody else. And, um, in terms of outside, like sort of optical, whatever, like perception or something, because obviously everyone knows her very well and loves her. And, um, I had to, I had to just turn down the noise and go, you could totally fail, but you can't not try to do this. Like you have to just do your very best get to the end of it. It felt like a gauntlet race, like a crazy marathon. Me and Pablo were just like trudging. It was like exhausting and sometimes just like humiliating and, and like enlivening every single day. I was just like whiplashed. Um, I, whether or not I got her right, that is, that wasn't necessarily like the goal. It was almost like Pablo kind of suspended that from my mind. And it's, he's a great director. Um, because having said that, I also have such respect for getting it right. Like, I really would love to get it right. I just don't think that's really possible. Wow. I mean, that's really hard for anybody doing any kind of work where you will have to suspend a lot of that self-doubt and, um, you know, feeling self-conscious. I, I, it brings me to this. Given this film is so austere and has this dreamlike aesthetic, uh, for me it felt very, I felt very uneasy and there was a, lot, there was a sense of dread. One scene in particular that we always like to talk about is obviously the dining room where the pearls and the family glaring at each other robotically eating the soup. Johnny Greenwood's score is getting louder. And I, and I felt like a horror movie to me. And uh, so I just wonder, with all the stuff going on in your mind, trying to get the character right, trying to do the best, uh, was that feeling of suffocation and feeling trapped difficult? Did it come naturally? What was that particular scene like to shoot? Um, so we're like having this glimpse into her psyche in this moment, because I don't imagine that the Royal family sits and eats Christmas dinner like that. I just think it felt like that for her sometimes, you know what I mean? And so, um, so it's written, it's the script is written in that, in that way. It's, it's, it's like an abstract kind of shrieking long tone poem, but the way that Pablo pushed it and pushed it how far he went, how long it is. We shot it and shot it and shot it. I I was shocked by it. And I had little goals in my mind. I, and they were ambitious. He just took them and threw them so much further. And I was like, Whoa, I didn't even know what I was like up against necessarily when I read this last night and I prepared for it. Um, so that was a really, really, uh, enlightening moment to see how far he was pushing into surreality because, um, I just didn't know what the movie was yet. We were figuring it out. I hadn't seen anything. And that, that made me understand completely that he was like, no, your experience, the way that he looks at women, the way that he sort of has this like protect, he has such a tender perspective 
And I felt that so much. The fact that he has, that he cares so much about how a woman might be feeling in a given sort of tumultuous time. And he pays such credence to that inner life. It's such a, it's such an act of compassion. I just was like, so impressed with him. And it was like, anytime I was like, maybe this is indulgent. Maybe this is too much. He's like, no, it's everything. Like he cares about her. It, it like was very contagious. And, and um, yeah, I, I, I just couldn't say any, any more. Um, <laughs> I couldn't speak more positively about that man as a, as an artist. Yeah. He did the same thing with Jackie. Um, this, he's a very empathetic, uh, thoughtful director. When I spoke to him, you could, I could just tell how much he was so passionate about not telling her story, but giving us a glimpse into how she was feeling. That dining room scene is all subjective. Yep. Well, we're put in her shoes, which then brings me to this. Obviously, art is subjective. We all watch Spencer through our own lens, and it really confirmed my unease with the royal family. Uh, you know, uh, and the complex machinery that surrounds this kind of institution. I just wonder, did working on this film impact the way you feel about the monarchy, the royal family, and perhaps even Diana herself? Um, well, I, I will be totally honest and say, I didn't have much of a relationship to, I didn't have many thoughts on this before I made this movie. And, uh, I don't have them now. I, I don't know. I think, um, it's good for some people. Some people don't like, you know, there, there, there's so much positivity to be gleaned from some aspects of it. You know, it's like, um, there are people that really love the royal family. They're they're real people. I, I think what I think what was interesting about this this movie is you say it was like a horror movie because there's so many there's ghosts in it because Diane is a ghost and she feels so pummeled by this environment that obviously watching the movie I think it's it's really easy because it's, it's so subjective. It's really easy to get angry, but she also wanted to be the mother of the king of England. Do you know what I mean? Like she wanted to raise a really beautiful and, 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 you know, she wanted to raise the King. Um, and so, and like did there's something. So I have maybe because I played her and I feel so close to it. That makes me emotional in some way, but politically speaking, who knows, man? I mean, there have been the other thing that I was actually just about to say about the ghost thing is like, Anne Boleyn as a character in the movie really like, yeah, just confrontationally addresses how things have not changed for centuries. And Diana's sort of making up friends to have because she doesn't have them. And the fact that she goes to the Anne Boleyn thing is just, there's such a violence there, but there's also this sort of like, there's something cool about Anne Boleyn. Like she's like this person that she's like, she got her head chopped off because she was, she was so, she had so much power and they wanted to take it from her. And Diana just like, she was just this like ground shaking person. It was undeniable. And, and I don't know, like you asked about the Royal family. I said other things. I don't even know. I don't know. There are, there are lots of, st lots of things that have been going on for a long time that probably should be rethought. <laughs> and yeah. maybe that's one of them, but I mean, you know, yeah. You're right. I mean, yeah, it's been going on for centuries and it will probably continue for centuries and, uh, and hopefully we don't get more Dianas, I suppose, people who are treated in that way. But you know what, Kristen, before I let you go, to make things a bit light again, we talked about how you've been working since you were a kid and you're finally an Oscar nominee. Do you remember the first major awards ceremony that you attended? And if you do, like, what was your highlight from that when you were just starting out in the business? So 
I think I wore my first, the first gown I ever wore was to the SAG Awards years and years ago. I think I presented and I remember feeling like a dressed up little kid. Like I remember being like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is silly. Um, and yeah, I haven't been to very many award ceremonies. That's why I'm genuinely not saying like, oh, I'm so shocked. I'm like, I'm shocked. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that. Oh, there was so much conjecture before the um, nominations came out. Your category is so competitive in terms of the amazing actors that are all kind of vying for those five slots. I must say I was always on your team. I had you predicted to do the very last day. So I'm so happy that you're there. Good luck on Oscar night. We'll be watching. We'll be rooting for you. And thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. Really, I appreciate it. Nice to meet you. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com. Follow us on social media at goldderby. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.